0: Number one fifty-two. The one where if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. The
1: Viewcast podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theolinguas out there. I'm David Gaddy.
0: I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we
1: are... The Theonauts! The, 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 the-
0: Theonauts! The the nice. Mm-hmm. Try that again. The... <gasps> Wait <a minute>. The... <sighs> Okay, you ready? Yeah. The, the,
1: the Theonauts! Theonauts!
0: Four times a try. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, uh, how you doing, David? Four times a try. Try, is. charm, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those days. How are you, man?
1: All right, I've got this little chest congestion thing, so if I start hawking up a lung here... <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so, so, it's dry Yeah that's tough things, man so. Wet your whistle Yeah <laughs> So
1: just got back from Thanksgiving holidays Yes
0: Did you give thanks? I did Did you eat some turkey?
1: I did Yeah Did, yeah.
0: You, did you have ham?
1: Yes Yeah. Ham and turkey I like ham There's better your, than turkey I Do mean, you really?
0: Yeah my mom makes a really good ham mm. with pineapple And pineapple glaze Yeah It's so good
1: I'm kind of partial to the turkey myself Yeah The dark
0: meat Makes sense Yeah it's greasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have it dripping off your beard? Do yes. you have a bib?
1: Yeah, just like picking it out of my beard <laughs> yeah. an hour later.
0: That's so funny. Oh, man. Speaking of beard, Blakely about ripped mine out the other day. Yeah. She's half asleep and she was fighting it, you know, and I was, you know, in the bed with her, just laying down, and all of a sudden she sits right up. And grabs my face and just <laughs> rips, and I'm like, ah! You know, when you're half asleep, you're not expecting that, man. Right. It's getting to be a handle for her now, yeah. And so it's it's kind of crazy. I'm thinking about I'm probably gonna cut it at the, at the end of this week because really? I have a wedding. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And I don't want to look scraggly for this wedding, <laughs> so it's the way that works.
1: Now, are you officiating the wedding?
0: I'm. Oh you're co-officiating gosh. the wedding. I'm co-officiating this wedding, and I got a. Message from the other pastor today. He had already written out what I'm supposed to. Oh, say Oh,
1: nice. Here, I just need you to read this exactly. Down, shut up.
0: And and so I'm like, I am on him back, and I'm like, well, thank you for the order of service. I'm gonna go with what I want to say though, and that'll be it. And so, anyways, it was just, oh my goodness, though. I'm like, what are you? What are you seriously? I'd never do that. What are you? I can't wait to meet this guy. So. Yeah, he he
1: sounds like he's going to be an interesting guy. Yeah,
0: fun to work with. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like you. You script out everything for me.
1: That's right. I don't want you saying anything off script. I'm
0: reading a script right now. (laughs) David is the greatest man in the world. Oh, you slipped that in there again, huh? Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's my life. Yeah,
1: so, okay, so um, I was like uh, the the favorite at uh, Thanksgiving with the grand kids so that was awesome yeah it was like pappy's kids of course you were yeah whatever reason so that was really fun we did um my daughter and son-in-law hosted us which is the uh first time they've done that how'd they do they did amazing yeah yes my daughter just knocked it out of the park of course she did yeah it was it was very homey and very good
0: speaking of that i have a story to tell you about your daughter but i can't do it on air i'll tell it later that I heard from Really My co-teacher One of my co-teachers Is one of her Really good friends From the church That she goes to Oh really Yeah Amber Reiser Okay and So uh Anyway She told me This hilarious story About her the other day And I just immediately Went That's her mom In her That's <laughs> hilarious So I gotta tell you That story later I totally forgot about that Oh but
1: my
0: Yeah, it's not an On air story Nice, so, nice. Yeah.
1: And she listens To the show too So <laughs> that would be- Now she's gonna Right in That's going to be And awesome. she's going
0: to Or she's going to text you And she's going to go Alright dad What is yeah, he talking what's he, about What's that all about Exactly So Awesome
1: yeah. So <sighs> but, but yeah It was a really good um, Really good holiday Yeah uh, We didn't We didn't do a whole lot You know On the Days off Just kind of Hung out Chilled out I did the whole Opt outside That yes. I was talking about Where'd you go We just went to Waterloo Lake Which mm-hmm. is a Small little lake In Denison uh, but there is a good number of little trails around that I was really surprised I didn't know that there was as much hiking trails really and this is right here in the middle of Denison really yeah but uh it's but it's it's completely wooded around the lake yeah and so um there's these hiking trails that, that you know you can hike around the the lake they've got a cave nice down in there and so you like, hike to the cave and you and Mel, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, so we got out there and then we did that, and then that was in the morning, and then we went and played disc golf. Yes, in the afternoon,
0: I saw the pictures and I was extremely jealous. I wanted to play so bad. <laughs> I did. I get to. I got to play one round while I was in Kansas. So, oh, did you? Yeah, Go they ahead. have two really good disc golf courses in uh, in Winfield. One of them is just a nine-hole course. It's a tiny little park with a nine-hole course. Yeah. And it's really easy, but it's really fun to play. And so uh, I took Tucker out there, and I took my sophomore niece, uh, Micah, and, uh, in Denver. And we played, and man, it was a blast. They Poor Micah can't throw a disc to save her life.
1: <laughs> it
0: was fun for me, for the first time, kind of being a winner, you know, because I'm always... <laughs> right in the middle of the pack, there dead last. So, that was good.
1: Well, I I started out good. Yeah. playing like the we played the back nine at Munson first. Yeah, and uh, when I finished the that first nine, I was three over. So I was like, it's not bad. All right, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Finished overall sixteen over. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That
0: front nine tore you up that bad? Yes,
1: huh? it was like. Thirteen over on the on the next nine, and uh, within two holes, I'd already I'd already increased my uh, my handicap or I was on the fir- on the front nine.
0: That's crazy. It was ridiculous because hole one is pretty easy. It's yeah, straightforward.
1: It's not, hole two is the one that messes with oh, me. It's a yeah. big goofy. Yeah, thing.
0: it is weird. There's this huge hill and yeah. it's over the rise. So yeah.
1: So oh but, well. But anyway, it was a good time. Got outside. Took some pictures, put them on the like REI, sure, you know, opt outside hashtag and fun that sort of thing. Did my protest. Nice. So okay, so yeah, I've planned all this right. I'm like, okay, we're gonna go out, we're gonna do this, we're not gonna hit any stores, we're gonna like opt outside, and we're gonna, you know, thumb our our yeah. nose at the uh, that's Black Friday junk, right? Okay. M- Melanie's like, can we stop at JCPenney on the way out so I can. Pick up something That they have on <laughs> I'm like You're kidding me right Like we... <laughs> Okay So I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> Divorce her for that <laughs> and, and so I'm like Okay well, if We can just run in She was like Oh well I don't know How long it's gonna take And I'm like Oh then I'm out you know? <laughs> She's not I'm not gonna go Spend a lot of time in. And so um, So she She coddled me Yeah was like Okay Mr. Wilderness man I'll take you outside and- <laughs> That was nice of her, yeah yeah, I'm glad, <laughs> but it was it was good she enjoyed it we we got out there it was her idea actually to go to, on one of these hikes out yeah. there so
0: well i i opted out too, <clears throat> but not by choice i uh I didn't opt out. I worked. <laughs> I had to move a shed and a whole bunch of stuff. My dad, every time I go back to Kansas, he puts he me put to work. He puts you to
1: work, huh? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, no, the boy's coming.
0: Exactly. So <laughs> myself and my brother, the same. Bring your work gloves. The same dad gum shed. And it's a huge, it's not a shed. It's a a carport. You know what I'm talking about? Windshield carport with the, with the like it's aluminum or whatever. So we moved it last t- last year, literally last Thanksgiving. We moved it over to the spot Dad wanted us to. Right. And it almost fell apart on us when we did it that time. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I'm building, a, uh, I'm building a shed over there, or a shop over there, so I need that moved.
1: Oh, nice. Like, so it's like, how many
0: times are you going to move this? I'm just, I told him, I'm just going to tear it down. Go get me a hammer. I'll tear <laughs> it down. He said, no, I want to keep it. I'm like, it's going to break. So we ended up... Putting it on a bobcat, on his bobcat, lifting it up and driving it over to where he wanted it. And we're like, this thing is totally going to fall apart while we're doing it. But it made it. It made it. That was Ton and his, Ton's my brother. Right. Ton and his engineering skills. He figured it out. Yeah. That's that good K State (laughs) engineering degree at work. So
1: awesome. Yeah, it was good. All right, we ready to jump into James? Let's jump into James. Okie dokie. <laughs> Smoky. Yes. Okay, so we're we are right smack dab in the mm. middle of the Book of James. Yes, so this is the hump.
0: This is the uh, this is one of the verses that was read at my ordination. By the way. Oh, really? The first, the first of this chapter. Yep. I don't know if it was an attempt to scare Quick me. Quick to
1: hear, slow to speak, yeah, slow to wrath.
0: That's right. But it, you know, it didn't scare me. So yeah. I still got ordained. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still quick to speak, slow, slow to hear, the, and quick to rap. Well, I'll be dang, dang, going
0: to change the dollar. Bedgum verses in this Bible, James, the book of straw anyway. That's what Ruth said about her.
1: Oh, I'm going to be coughing. Yes, me. this whole time. <laughs> Hang on.
0: And you're the one that's in charge of this one, so.
1: Just don't make me laugh and I'll be fine.
0: Okay. That's hard to do. You look at me and you laugh sometimes. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: I just have to laugh like... <laughs> Like Muttley the dog. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Stop it. I forgot all about that guy. Okay, anyways.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay, anyways, go ahead. Okay,
1: so before we get into chapter three. Yes. And by the way, we're going to remind everybody that uh, James is not an incohesive uh, group of Platitudes. (laughs) Platitudes.
0: <laughs> That's right. It's not an old man rambling like I first it's, thought. It's it was not
1: it, like all this stuff ties together.
0: It does. It fits. It's together not forget
1: perfectly. the context of chapter one, chapter two. That's right. Uh, chapter three is is going to continue in this line of thinking. Now it kind of started with and, suffering, and kind of the overall thing is the suffering thing. How you act in how do you deal with so that right. suffering is a joy, right? Okay, so and the answer to that really spoiler alert, is be Christ-like. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Be be loving. Be, right. Be, don't be condescending, but be loving and caring for one another and rejoicing in your... Suffering. Right, rejoicing in your mercy that you've oh, been yeah. given yeah. and reveling in this law of liberty. When right. you do that, then all this other stuff is happening. So the, Exactly. The, so the back half of chapter 2... Chapter 3 and moving forward, there is a little bit of old man in James because he does like say something, and then you can tell it sparks a thought, and he continues on with that thought. But it's all relative to this concept of being this type of person
0: right so james is again he has a purpose in writing and his purpose is writing to the church about their needs at that time so the first main thing is they're going through a lot of suffering and a lot of persecution mm-hmm. and they're they're being you know uh, dragged out killed beaten all this stuff and he's talking about how to have joy mm-hmm. through that he moves on to how to behave during that and he talks about Christ likeness and-, and reminding yourself who you are <clears throat> and then he moves to chapter two, and he's he's breaking down this huge problem that's going on with them because mm-hmm. of the suffering right because of what's happening is that they're showing partiality right they're treating the rich as special and the poor as not special and this is a this is something that they a tradition that's been passed on to them through their
1: heritage right and so this class uh building right that is happening this clickish behavior creates. A mentality, a right. religious mentality, right. and so um, so like one of the things that that uh, he is addressing here is a lot of the same things that Jesus addressed to the Pharisees, and that was religion, like the practice, the the practicing of religion, is not what this is all about, like religion has its has its place but the pra- but what we're dealing with here is not about how holy you act or how um lofty you are right because that's what this class building was doing it was creating the oh we're the righteous ones we're the rich ones
0: and you're the poor ones so you're the unrighteous you're the dirty ones.
1: right which was, so it was cre- and so along with that thinking comes this whole hypocrisy there's all kinds of stuff that ties into uh, when people feel like they've got the stuff exactly they've they they've got the answer and they're doing it right and everyone else isn't um <clears throat> that causes problems and it goes all the way back to chapter 1 he starts this whole thing so I want to reiterate something in chapter 1 before we we dive into chapter 3 and and that is the last two verses of chapter 1 because if we are thinking that James is an old man and he starts rambling and getting off topic remember he already said this in chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 he is going what we're going to be talking about in chapter 3 directly right uh, comes right out of this okay so it says if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now, once again, we, we mentioned this when we did chapter one. James is talking with his tongue in his cheek here, like um, when when he's talking about religion, he's talking about a professed outward showing of of your. Religion, right? Judaism
0: was all about religion. If you look at their heritage, it was all a show. Yes, and God had made it that it was a ceremony. You know, and the reason He had is because it was a shadow, a type of things to come. Mm -hmm. So you had you had the religious ceremony, and what you would do was you know you'd go to temple and you'd you'd put on this show and you'd do these things, and and so they had gotten to that habit of this is my religion, right. I'm a very religious person.
1: Yes, and so it it had a bad side effect,
0: exactly. And right.
1: which is what we're dealing with here. And here's one thing I find so ironic: like this is the irony. Of this, this is beautiful. <laughs> okay, what Christian groups gravitate to the Book of James?
0: Uh, it's mostly the
1: legalistic Christian groups. The re- the legalistic religious religious, religious very hardline religious Christians are the ones that gravitate to this book. Sure, partly because they don't understand the point. Right, it's talking to you. I'm glad you're gravitating to this book because it's about you. Because it's about you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is this is what he's telling you. Like whenever he's going on about how he this passage here. Uh, it's not about religion itself. It's about if you want religion, he says it in verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this visit widows and orphans, go out there and care for people. So, that's, so that is kind of where he's going with this whole ch- book Right, is he's trying to say, if you want to be joyful in your suffering, you've got to change your complete attitude. <laughs> you've got to stop being this high and mighty, looking down on other people, because that won't carry you through persecution. Exactly. What will is love. What will <laughs> is knowing that you have received grace and that you have received mercy and that you are saved by something that you aren't in control of which is right the opposite of what most religion teaches. So um, when we get into chapter three here, um, most legalists will... Okay, so we, we covered that in the last chapter. The back half of chapter two is always used by legalists. Faith or faith without works is dead, et cetera, et cetera. right. Everyone wants to focus on the works and focus on the works and focus on the works. but that's not what James is saying. James is saying like it, it, the works he's talking about in that in that chapter, specifically, he gives an example. If you walk by a guy who's hungry and don't give him food, then your faith is worthless. So basically what he's he's not saying work is better than faith. What he's saying is, your faith isn't even there. Right. Like, if you're not helping somebody, your faith isn't there. Because if you were living in this law of mercy and liberty that we are under, then you care about people, you love people, and your faith is exemplified in those things. And so, chapter, he's not talking about religious works from a, a aspect of this is what you do on church in su- on Sunday mornings, those aren't the works he's talking about. He's talking about stop being this high and mighty, my religion's better than yours, <laughs> and go out there and feed somebody. Right. Most legalists I know don't do a lot of that. They're so concerned with what's happening in their church building that they're not really all that concerned with what's happening outside of it. And that's just kind of a – and that comes part and parcel with it because you can get so consumed with getting all your performance right that you lose track of everything else. and um, Of what truly matters. And generally, when you get obsessed with helping people and when you get obsessed with going outside and working (laughs) and actually getting your hands dirty in the world, a lot of the stuff that happens on Sunday morning – actually becomes a lot less important. I mean, I'm not don't take me wrong. I'm not saying that worshiping God's not important. What I'm saying is when you're putting it into action, you're closer to God than you are whenever you're singing a hymn that you've memorized and you're doing it quote-unquote correctly. Right. <clears throat> so, chapter 3 picks up on this. So the legalist will take chapter three and basically say, see, it says right here, you need to don't curse and don't do this. It talks about the tongue. It's all about the tongue. You have to don't lie. Watch what you say. Yes. But that's not his point. No. His point is not foul language. His point is not um, any of the other things we might think of in reference gossiping. Yes. Okay, so gossip is a sin. Not going to take anything away from that. But that's not his point. And here's how we know. He he gives you right off the bat. Let's look at the first two verses. Yeah, and see what he says there. He says, "Not many of you should become teachers." Now wait a minute. I thought you were going to talk to us about t- about the tongue and about you know what we should say. Why are you going here? <clears throat> well, it makes a perfect segue into what he's what his point is. So he says, not many of you should become teachers. My brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, (laughs) able also to bridle his whole body. So what is James's point?
0: He's attacking the people who are... Stumbling in what they say, yes. <laughs> but and, and so I love the New Living. Can I read the New yes, Living? Yes, please do. This is really good. I opened this up, and it, the only reason I did it was because my phone was about to die, and that had my Bible on it. And I was looking at you know what I was gonna, and I opened up David's Living Bible, and this is the best translation of this I've gotten. Yep. And it's not a literal translation because you know the literal translation is not many of you should be te- masters teachers right <clears throat> but he gets the context dear brothers don't be too eager to tell others their faults
1: <laughs>
0: for we all make many mistakes mm. and when we teachers of religion who should know better do wrong our punishment will be greater than if uh than it would be for others
1: wow okay then that <laughs> that nails the message that nails the underlying message of what he's saying exactly in that when he says, don't be many, many teachers, or don't, not many of you should become teachers, he's not saying that to say, like, you know, too many cooks to pull the, the brew or the or whatever. What he's basically saying is he is condemning the people he's writing to. Let's yeah. remember the, what the, the problem in the last chapter was. All these people hi- thinking that they're better than High others. High and mighty, yep. So what do you do in these situations? There's a competition that's mm. going on. <laughs> It's all a natural. everyone's thing. one up and one the other one to try and be the smartest, the one who has all the answers, the one everyone wants to go to for their religious questions, the one who knows however practice should be done, who can recite the law, who can I mean all, this becomes like a badge of honor and the people are like feeling they're lofted up. they're they're feeling very uh, they're arrogant uh this is pride. This is a sinful pride. Yes, this is all over the church.
0: And it's a, you know, um, coming talking from experience mm. um, as as a a preacher boy growing up as a preacher boy. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is a natural thing for us preachers to be prone to doing. Yeah, it's a natural puffing up. So we want to be the ones that are famous and heard. And it. We do we see this today? Absolutely, all over the place. Yeah, in fact, uh, we have celebrity preachers, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Everybody wants to
1: be the next Francis Chan, or exactly, which is funny because Francis Chan is a very humble guy.
0: Yes. So what's happening is is these guys are puffing themselves up, trying to be the best of the best of the best in their in their seminary schools, right? Doing whatever they can to be, you know, the the you know the most quoted pastor. Right. And and James is saying you better be careful in aspiring to that yeah. junk.
1: And let's stop and think about what what um why he's about to switch over and start talking about uh what you say. Yeah. Because when you're in this mindset you will trip over other people's tongues. That's what you do, right? Right. You want to you want to step on someone else's tongue, and basically, you have the words to say exactly. And when this competition begins and and takes off, before long, sometimes you're just talking out of your rear end. Yeah. Because just to be talking, like so, like I want my authority to be established, right? So I'm going to belabor this point, or I'm going to stretch it out or I'm going to even say things I don't even really know are completely true, but it will make me look good in front of my peers right. or in front of these people that I am looking down upon. Mm. And so that's why we're going to be talking about what we're talking about. It's This is not about going back to, to this is not about having quote-unquote clean language. This is about being careful what you say to try and Elevate your position This is talking to legalists It's all about being puffed
0: up and prideful Right and That's what it's about Yes And the, the problem is Is there were puffed up prideful people And that's and, what James is and getting And in verse
1: to. 2 Verse 2 tells us It helps us to understand chapter 2 Right Like whenever he's talking about All these works and stuff He's not talking about Perfection in performance Gets you to God That's not. Please don't take that message out of James chapter 2. Right. Keep reading. Verse 2 says, we all stumble in many ways. Right. Okay? In other words, we need that perfect law of grace and liberty. Exactly. We need it. Act like someone who's been judged by that. Right. That's what he said there in, what was it, verse 12 of the previous chapter. Here he says, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says. So now he's talking about you know if you don't trip over your tongue on some point if you don't if you don't screw up and say something wrong on occasion he says he's a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body now i believe he is saying that not in something to aspire to but he's saying it in terms of an impossibility well he's using this as an example right he's coming right off
0: of chapter 2 Mm -hmm. And what he's done is he's he's tried to show these guys that they're not as, you know, they're not as high and mighty as what they think they are. Right. So he's like, all right, well, let's talk about some high and mighty things. Yeah. You're a teacher. Not many of you should be teachers. You know why? We all stumble. Mm -hmm. We all screw up. And if you are perfect in what you say, have you ever screwed up in something you've said? Right. Whoa, whoa, you're a perfect man then.
1: Yeah. And man, it is so hard. (laughs) It is so hard whenever you're in a place of authority like this and you actually make a mistake. Uh, It is so hard to come back and say, you know what? I screwed up. I was completely wrong on that. I Pulled that verse out of context. I was, I didn't read it all before I said that. I mean, it is so hard to do that. Yeah. And like, well, even here on the show, I mean, there's been cases where we've come back and said, sure. you know what, you know, what we said on the previous episode, you probably shouldn't listen to. We're going to have to change that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, and we're, so we're not above that either. All I mean, right. that's, we are in this position as podcasters. Right. I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're we've made ourselves teachers in a way, and we know that this is a heavy responsibility. That there is a great responsibility with, and that's sure. basically what he's saying. With great power comes great responsibility. It's the Spider Man mantra. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben. <laughs> okay. All right. So you want to pull out uh, verse three through five for me? there uh, Yeah,
0: I'm going to read Since this. You got the nilt in the nilt. Let's see uh, how you like it. <clears throat> So is that the nilt or the living? This is the living Bible.
1: Oh, okay. So this is like old school. Yes. Hippie.
0: So also the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A great forest can be set on fire by a tiny spark, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness and poisons every part of the body, and the tongue is set on fire by hell itself and can turn our whole lives into a blazing flame of destruction and disaster.
1: Okay, wait, where were we? <laughs> That's way paraphrased, I think. Oh, guess. verse
0: five. I'm sorry. Oh, I
1: was going three through five. <laughs>
0: three th- okay. We can make a large horse turn there around. Okay and go wherever you want by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So the tongue is a small thing, but what an enormous damage it can do. Oh. A great forest can be set on fire by a tiny spark
1: Yeah, okay. So, the, so his first point is... <laughs>
0: yes, I'm sorry. It, totally messed up. No, it's
1: cool. But his first point is that... The tongue is small, but that doesn't make it, insini- it insignificant. insignificant. Mm. Uh, that there that there is power in the tongue, right? And of course, we've seen this. All of us have seen this. Sure, at at work, uh, a thoughtless word mm. can have you know years, years of of pain, right? Behind it, um, it's amazing how how much damage you can do by saying the wrong thing. And so what, his, what, he's, what he's getting at here in reference to these teachers is he's basically saying it's real easy to stand up in front of people and start spilling a lot. Mm. But you got to be careful because every word has implications. And if you're going to stand up and you're going to, to, to expose this rhetoric, it better be something that is worth listening to because you could do a lot of damage. Right. Um in a short amount of time. Especially if you think about what's the average sermon? Twenty to twenty minutes to an hour, you know, depending on what church you're in. And um, uh, you know, I mean, how much damage can you do in that time of frame? Time right. Time of frame? I've sat through some sermons, and I'm thinking, man, it's gonna take years <laughs> to unravel that mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh so um So he uses it as examples of about how the small, the small instruments have big implications, like the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder on the on the ship. Um, And he says even though the the tongue is small, it boasts great things. And and the thing about the fire, oh, that thing is that's that's pretty, um, pretty brilliant, because think about the damage that a fire causes to a forest. Mm.
0: Yeah. If you live in California, you really understand this, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and usually it can be nothing but a, a cigarette butt,
1: right? Yeah. Something so simple, right? You know, so without a lot of thought that was given to it, you know, you casually flick that cigarette butt out of the car window without even thinking about it. Like you're not thinking, Hey, I'm going to start a fire it's not even right registering but the implication is that it takes off yep and it spreads and it destroys and um the same thing can happen from a pulpit or from a small group study and i mean all kinds of things if if you're just blabbing to be blabbing to be heard <laughs> you can do a lot of damage and that's what he's kind of getting at um yes the same thing can be said for um gossip or any sin that you do with your mouth but i think that the that his point is you're trying to teach people but you're more concerned with your image than you are their learning the message here is humility yes
0: that's overall that's it's not even really about taming the tongue as it is about being humble yes because yeah. because when you're humble in a teacher you do really well at taming the tongue. Mm-hmm. And when you say something out of turn or you don't you know get something right, a humble man is quick to correct that, but a prideful man, can take it to, to new heights of arrogance Yeah, And so the message here That James is really trying to get across Is the same one he's been putting forth In chapter 2 Which is humility Yes, uh, Not considering yourself More important than another person
1: Yeah, bring yourself down a, a notch
0: Right, if you're a teacher Man, you better be careful Because really, honestly What you say can have a huge effect mm-hmm. And it can destroy your church yeah. It can hurt people. And so, and this is the same with any kind of leader. With your, you know, if you're a dad. Right. You know, in your family. Definitely. um, If you're a teacher at school or even a boss,
1: mm-hmm. what
0: you say can have a huge effect. Don't consider yourself as more important than the people that are, quote unquote, under you. Yeah. Right. or even
1: you know that that guy on the on the football field or whatever that you know the basketball player or whatever right that has all these people looking at him mm. you know, and I've heard you know guys say, I'm not in this to be a role model, don't follow me, well, sorry, but you you are you, you've put yourself in that position already right, and so um yeah, great responsibility comes with great power right so uh let's look at verse six through eight. Sure.
0: Okay. Let me make sure. I think this is
1: what you were reading before.
0: Yes. I just want to make sure because these verses are so, so Basically, he basically
1: he, he said this thing about fire. Right. And, and that caused him to think. Yeah. Well, the tongue is a fire. Yeah. Okay, so
0: the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness and poisons every part of the body. And the tongue is set on fire by hell itself and can turn our whole lives into a blazing flame of destruction and disaster men have trained or can train every kind of animal or bird that lives and every kind of reptile and fish but no human the uh no human being can tame the tongue it is always ready to pour out its deadly poison
1: okay so um here he's he's going on about um about the the tongue the damage that a tongue can do i find it interesting that he says here that it is um that it stains the whole body, it sets on fire the entire course of life. Um, the original Greek for that term, uh, this this course of life, implies uh, a cycle, like of existence. Like it's not even just about you and the people listening to you. Like you can say something, and it will have implications. Hmm. Possibly around the entire world, like think about think about things you know that that uh, that have been said in history, you know things that that we can quote or or whatever that have existed for years and years and years and years and it's like sometimes those people may not have even Maybe it's as simple as MacArthur saying, I have returned. (laughs) You know, I mean it's just something so simple insignificant and insignificant whenever it comes out of your mouth, but it echoes throughout time Mm -hmm. and people grasp onto it. Yeah. And and that sort of thing. And so I mean, it's like there there are so there is so much damage that can be done if the wrong thing is said at the right time and the right people are listening to it. And this whole concept, this cycle of existence, the entire course of life can be altered by a single misused word. Yep. And, uh, man, how many, how many times has that happened in, in the course of history? Um, and he says, and it is set on fire by hell. Huh. Now he uses the word Gehenna. He's physically talking about uh, the trash heap outside Jerusalem. Yeah, but in but in metaphorically the 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 realm of Satan. Right. That it's come. This comes from Satan. That's what he's saying. Absolutely. That it is. Uh, that he knows that if he puts the wrong word in the right mouth at the right time. Things can change. Yeah.
0: Well, Satan is a master at this, right? We mm. see it all through scripture. Yes. Even in the garden, when he masterfully uses his words to distort the truth. Yes. Right?
1: By putting a little truth into his lie.
0: That's right. Yes. And so he is he's he's a master of the tongue and he's a master of manipulation with the tongue. And so that's one of his greatest well, weapons. Yeah. And it's in your mouth. <laughs> Think yeah. about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hmm. And and so he uses the reference here that you can tame any animal in the world. Like, if you put your mind to it, you can train an animal to do all kinds of stuff. Even big animals, elephants, whales. I mean, we see all this at SeaWorld or whatever. Of course, then that whale e- ends up eating, eating somebody. Person, yeah. <laughs> But uh, We
0: didn't say perfectly.
1: Yeah, but but you can at least train him, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, But he says that no one can tame the tongue. Right. It's completely untamable, which has some cool implications. It basically is saying no one's perfect, which he already said before, but what he's reemphasizing, no one can tame this thing. You need mercy too. Even the best teachers, even the best scholars, even the best seminary professors... (laughs) are going to screw up and say the wrong thing on occasion. That's right. And the good news is there's grace to cover that. Amen. The bad news is somebody heard it. That's right. And if somebody heard it, then it's liable to to continue like a flame Mm. and to continue to grow. Um, That's why it's so important to be humble and to come back whenever you catch yourself and say, look, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) <laughs> totally messed up in that, you know, don't listen to me if I say that you know <laughs> or or whatever, definitely, and so um, so I think that's what he's saying. he says, um uh let's see, it is restless evil, full of deadly poisons, almost like your tongue is just waiting to screw up, that's right, hmm. which when emotions get high and that sort of thing, I mean there's no telling what's going to come out of there. I mean, I can't even tell you like personally how many times I've said something rashly out of anger or whatever, and I think as soon as it came out, it's like, no, I can't take that back right, like I can't bring that back in. My reputation is just now shot with these people that I'm <laughs> in front of because of one sentence, yep, it's amazing how that how that works. Hmm. And uh you know, I had a really good friend of mine tell me one time I was in the middle of a theological debate and uh I was just getting mad. I was getting frustrated with the group I was talking to and I was like, "Oh, I can't they understand." And I, and so I was being very um I guess disrespectful. I mean, these were people that were, you know, my senior. Right. Um and I should have a lot more respect for them. But I was angry. I was saying all kinds of things I shouldn't say. doesn't mean I wasn't saying truthful things, but I was saying hurtful things also. Mm. And this good friend of mine pulled me aside afterward, and he was like, look, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. He said, but if you keep saying it the way you're saying it, no one's going to listen to you. Wisdom, yeah. (laughs) And that was, yeah. And of course, you know... a good friend of mine passed on that said that, and but those words have helped shape me. Right. So yeah, that little flame from him. You know, he's gone from this earth now, and but that message still resonates. Resonates. Yep. The cycle continues in me, and it helps control my tongue now because I think about that, and it actually has more power now. Because he's not with me anymore, and because he can't tell me that again, right? I have to like use it myself. So it's it's very very uh, true what he says here that the the tongue is just ready to come. It's restless. It's a restless evil that's waiting to come out. Yeah, you have to be proactive and keep it in check. Amen. Okay, let's look at nine through uh, twelve. <clears throat> Okay.
0: Sometimes it praises our Heavenly Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against men who are made like God. And so blessing and curses come pouring out of the same mouth. Dear brothers, surely this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out first with fresh water and then with bitter or salt water? Can you pick olives from a fig tree or figs from a grapevine? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool.
1: <laughs> so um, this is great. I mean, this is this is really great because he's basically saying, "Look, your tongue reflects what's in your heart, and what you have on the inside is going to come out on the outside. And if you are, if you're confusing people, if you're saying you're one thing." but then you say another thing like this whole concept of let's not confuse this verse that says blessings and cursing should not come out of the same mouth. He's not saying he's not talking about quote unquote cuss words. <laughs> That's not the point. It's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying is if you say something unloving and then you say something loving, it sends a miss, a, 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 a miss message or a, uh, A bad signal. You're you're sending the a confusing message, right?
0: Let's keep this in the context. What's happening here? Mm -hmm. Well, you saw in chapter two what was happening. They were blessing the righteous people, quote unquote, the rich people, and they were cursing the lower people, the you know the poor, right, less fortunate. And so, literally, they were being springs of fresh water and bitter water. Yeah. Yeah. And and they were they were giving blessings and curses. They were singing praises to God and treating people harshly.
1: And if you think about it, there's a heart issue involved here. Yes. And so uh, you have to feign godliness when your heart is bad, right. right? So if so, if the heart is not right, you're feigning godliness. You're blessing God because that's what you're supposed to do as a legalist. <laughs> you know, we're going back to to this whole concept as a professing religious person you have to sing praises to god you have to speak praises to god right you have to be talking in blessings but then you turn around and you slander somebody right. so this term curse let's not Again, the words are...
0: Don't get hung up on the phraseology because yes. your 21st century mindset, whenever somebody says curse, you immediately think the D word or the A word or, or somebody stubbing their toe. Or any
1: letter word. And
0: any four-letter word. <laughs> uh, and That's not literally... That is not what the Bible talks about any time it's talking he's about He's not cursing.
1: even talking about that. It? What he's no. talking about, he's not talking about a vocabulary word. No. What he's talking about is the intent of your of your message of what you're saying? So if, if I say uh Jeremiah, that was totally awful. You're just a horrible person. I mean, if if I am You're cussing. Yes, <laughs> that I'm cursing him.
0: That's right. And,
1: and basically saying, uh, if I'm tearing somebody down, now that is harmful. Right when he says if how can you bless god lift god up and then tear your brother down mm. like the the two things can't go together like you have to if you're going to 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 lift up god you need to lift up your brother too amen and bring him closer to encourage people and be positive negative slander uh this type of thing this is what it's talking about um it's talking about um having nothing good to say about somebody hmm. um, and this is what it's what it says when it when it's saying that you can't issue both blessings and cursings like you you can't talk great about someone in one in one set of company and then move over to the next set of company and and then backbite that person right. and say, Well, yeah, I know I said this, but you know, he really does have this problem mm. and I really have this against him, et cetera, et cetera. That's completely disingenuous and not honest. A- hypocritical. <laughs> which is the point. Exactly. Which is hypocrite is the perfect word for what he's talking about right. here. Is is hypocrisy and about how uh love changes your actions and it changes what you say. Right. Faith in turn, changes your actions, and it changes how you speak. Exactly. It changes how you deal with people. And so it's one thing for a, a preacher to stand up in the pulpit and preach a bunch of good things, and then come down off the pulpit and have nothing positive to say about any of the people that he that he should be loving. Right. And that's what this is talking about. Um, and, of course, it gives us the correlation about a spring or a tree, these things produce one types of uh, one type of thing. They don't produce opposites, right? You can't you can't get sweet water and sour water from the same fountain. You can't get uh, good fruit and bad fruit from the same tree. Um, you can't get salt water and fresh water from the same pool of water. Amen. There, you have to be one or the other. And unfortunately, the bad always taints the good. So if you're going to be spilling out a bunch of of nonsense and spilling out a bunch of stuff to lift you up and tear somebody else down, then you are going to be tainting every good thing you've ever said. That's right. And uh, it gives it no weight. Amen. Even if it's godly things. You, I mean, you've totally ruined. That's why I'm like, a lot of these Christians need to get off my side. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're speaking from 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 terms. Okay, Westboro Baptists—a great example. example. Amen. You know, they they profess godliness, but they have no love in their hearts for their fellow man. Right. And so it's like, well, you can't have both. I mean, you can't you can't profess godliness and then spit on someone's grave. Or, I mean, you just can't do that. That's it, right. It it sends a conflicting message. message. Amen. Um, so then either James is completely bipolar and he changes subjects or he's going to continue in the same subject yeah. and begin to give us a little more insight into what it means to be a good leader. So let's look at at 13 through 15.
0: Okay. If you are wise, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you do, do uh, sorry, if you don't brag about them, then you will be truly wise. And by all means, don't brag about being wise and good if you are bitter and jealous and selfish. That is the worst sort of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and inspired by the devil.
1: Wow. Okay, so he's he's getting kind of frank here. Uh, the ESB... Or at least this version of the ESV that I have, it it puts a, uh, a subtitle on this section called "Wisdom from Above."
0: Yes. So we'll it's see. like,
1: okay, so James is switching subjects now. He's going from the he's talking about wisdom now. tongue, and now he's going to talk about wisdom. No, he's not. He's
0: he's still talking about he's ta- pride, he's talking which about is <laughs> the main
1: prideful issue. hypocrisy. Exactly. Who is wise and understanding among you? I mean with the with the humblest man in the room please stand up. <laughs>
0: That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh so he's 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 addressing their desire cuz their desire is to be wise and understanding. Amen. Right? That's the that's what they want to be perceived as. They and that's and that's nothing that, I mean this is the same thing that we deal with now. Pastors, teachers, they want to be right. seen as wise and understanding people. Otherwise, you're not trustworthy. Uh, but he talks about trusty- trustworthiness in this passage. He's like, who is wise and under- understanding among you? He says, by his good conduct, let him show works in meekness and wisdom. Hmm. This goes back to what he was saying in chapter 2. He's like, look, if I don't need to hear what you have to say to know you're wise and this is this is wisdom right here that James is giving us he's like i don't need to hear what you have to say in order to know you're wise i can watch you and i can see how you act and that tells me if you have wisdom because the wisdom that he's talking about the being wise here is not just some um intellectual um thing. It is a behavioral thing. Hmm. That's, man, that's huge. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize the difference between, say, knowledge and wisdom. So what knowledge can be learned out of a book. Sure. Wisdom cannot. Right. Wisdom can only be obtained by experience and usually hard experience. Right. So I'm just going to warn you right off, if you're praying for wisdom, be prepared. <laughs> It's it, the answer to that prayer is probably not going to be joyful, fun, yeah, unless you are listening to James and right be, and being joyful in your suffering. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, um, so when he says here, he's talking about wisdom. He's like, let him show good conduct in his works and in meekness of wisdom. So, going back to you know the the religious person will speak of faith. But not be doing any works. The religious person will be speaking of wisdom, but not be not doing any works that reflect that wisdom. And that he's just, so he's doing the same thing here. He's right. he's saying here is like, you know, put the money where your mouth is, and let's not just hear a bunch of of wise statements from you. Let's see some wisdom out of you. And uh, and so that's what he's basically saying. He says if you have Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts. Uh, Do not boast and be false to the truth. Hmm. Um, Man, that's huge. Because no one's going to admit being bitter or having bitter jealousy. But if you really stop and look at what you're doing, is what you're doing an action that is driven by jealousy or self-ambition? Um. And that's what he's basically decrying here, is self-ambition. That when you have self-ambition in your heart, you're, gonna boast. You, sure. you're going to boast. Sure. You're going to say things that maybe aren't even true, but make you look good. Right. And so that's where he's going here. He says, this is not wisdom that comes from above. This is an earthly wisdom. This is an unspiritual wisdom. And then goes even crazy. This is a demonic <laughs> wisdom this is a wisdom that as the the living translation there said from, from the satan, from
0: satan. That's right. that
1: he himself is giving you this um which is no real wisdom at all mm. if you think about it um and so wisdom is is it's very one of these very interesting things because there's a dichotomy here people want it people want to portray it but real wisdom has this loving action behind it and it has a humbleness about it. it has a meekness about it, which is so weird because everyone who wants it isn't that right so it's it's really it's really kind of cool the way God works with these with these attributes right yeah to me, the book of
0: James is a great equalizer book mm. and what it's doing is it's mm. trying to knock down the prideful in the church to see that you know what? True wisdom is knowing that you're equal with everybody else, and you're loved by God, and you've you've been given salvation through Jesus. Yeah. Cling to that, shut up about yourself, and focus on loving him and loving others. Mm -hmm. That's what James is saying throughout this entire thing. Yeah. He's like, really, if you really want, you know, if you really... He's echoing his brother. Exactly.
1: Because that's what Jesus said at the Sermon on the Mount. Exactly. The one who humbles himself will be exalted. The one who exalts himself is going to be humbled. Right. You know, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the, the earth. earth. Um, you know, I mean, this is nothing new. It shouldn't be new to a Christian. Right. But in practice, so hard. Mm. Because it's so easy to get in this mode that mm. they're, that he is that he's condemning. Um, and it's nothing that stopped at this, at this century. I mean, we're 2000 years removed from here and we still have pastors that are dealing with this. Right. And I mean, and it's not just like on a small scale. Oh, there are some pastors out there. No, (laughs) this is a bulk thing. Like there are so many pastors that are locked into this.
0: Again, this is under 300 years after Christ and, and yet we're still dealing with it today and it's probably one of the main problems in the church mm. honestly this is a partiality issue so
1: yeah quit trying to be the superstar pastor exactly and serve people right uh, so uh so, so let's look at that at the rest of the chapter there verse 16 okay
0: on. for wherever there is jealousy or selfish ambition there will be disorder and every kind of evil but wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure and full of quiet gentleness. Then it is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted and straightforward and sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness.
1: Wow. Some... Man, this is some great wisdom, (laughs) actually, in talking about wisdom. Um, So, first off, he says, where jealousy and selfish selfish ambition Mm. exist, there will be disorder. That's right. It's like it can't exist without it. Right. Because as long as you have selfish ambition... As long as
0: you want your will and I want my will, what are we going to
1: do? We're going to argue. We're going to butt heads. We're going to debate... <laughs> and things aren't going to get done right because we're going there and, and people are going to jump on sides yeah right so that's that's generally what happens right there's a church split right. quote unquote well what is the whole what does that imply disorder like th- there is there is problems existing because of the jealousy mm. and selfish ambition and as long as you allow those things to exist, There is going to be problems. And by gosh, that is like the hardest thing to admit. I have jealousy. I have self-ambition. That's so hard to admit. Right. People are going to say, oh, no, no, no. I just stand for the truth. Yes. Yes, brother. And he doesn't.
0: If if you can't stand for the truth, I can't be a part of you.
1: Yes. Well, what's the truth? Well, yeah. See, that's exactly. (laughs) And and. You may disagree with me till the cows come home on that statement, but that is a statement of selfish ambition and jealousy Amen. and pride. That's because right. what that says is, I have the truth, you don't have the truth. And that's a prideful statement right. because you're both holding the same book right. and you're both reading the same passages. So you need to have enough humbleness to realize, I'm not the only one who can understand what I'm reading. Someone else can understand this, and they might be picking up something a little different. Maybe if I listen, maybe I don't have the complete truth. Maybe he doesn't have the complete (laughs) truth. Maybe the complete truth is somewhere in the middle of this, too. But wherever it is, I have to understand, I am not God's gift to the world for wisdom on this. (laughs) Right. Which is the problem he's talking about here. So, once again, it comes back to this weird irony. That the people who are gravitating to this book need to listen to this book, right? Like they they need to really understand that it's talking to you. Yes. Stop it with your selfish ambition. Amen. Stop it with your jealousy, and 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 look at others because this the last half of this this verse or this this chapter, the last portion of this chapter is about unity. Right. It really is. Like, if you stop and look at what he says, his wisdom from from above is pure, then peaceable. Hmm. Okay, so um, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy Hmm. and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Wow, that's a whole litany of things that so many legalists need to listen to. Right. Like, it says... That this that this wisdom is is not only pure but peaceable.
0: It's crazy to me. Well, I ain't gonna be you know I ain't gonna be open if it's wrong.
1: I can't stand for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just gonna preach a bunch of heresy. I'm just gonna walk out of here. But you know what we need to do is be open to reason. Yeah, that's what he, that's what James tells you to do here. It's amazing what can happen when you're open to reason. And I'm not talking
0: about being open to Satan and, you know, allowing, you know, yeah, yeah. false doctrine into your church or whatever. What I'm talking about is listening to your brother in love mm-hmm. without any coming coming out with no bias. Right? Right. No prejudgment. And loving one another through the argument. So again, this whole thing is about. James is the great equalizer. It's about putting yourself on the same level as everybody else. You know, you you and I are the same. We're sinners saved by grace, bought by the blood of Jesus, and we need to treat each other with love and dignity and respect. Amen. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all it is. At the end of the day, if you can't look at your brother with love, then you're not
1: doing it right. Right. And so when he says here, full of mercy and good fruits... That, that That is so heavy. So you might have the ultimate truth. Like you might have gotten it right. And the other guy might have gotten it wrong. But you know what? You have to realize that there are going to be some points where you got it wrong. Right. And the other guy's got it right. So you need to judge as those who have been judged by the perfect law of liberty which is mercy which is mercy rejoices against judgment remember exactly and so he says here being full of mercy so in other words whenever you do encounter that guy who's wrong you're merciful with that now right. there's a big difference in in letting in quote unquote false doctrine and Because there are a lot of issues that, that just simply aren't salvific issues. That's the thing. Stop fighting about it. If, if it's
0: not a backbone issue, shut up. Yeah. Honestly.
1: The guy might be wrong. Have mercy on that.
0: <laughs> and the issue, the only issue that they can't be wrong on is who's Jesus, mm. is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it.
1: Let mercy reign in those cases and, um, and be impartial and sincere mm-hmm. so in other words you're not feigning this you're not faking it just to get through the meeting <laughs> you know blah 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 uh, impartial is big and what he's dealing with here he's dealing with people that are partial like they already have a partiality in mind they already have their mind made up when they come into the meeting right you know I'm not I'm never gonna change I've got the truth and I'm standing by it you know and it was a
0: religious mindset too that guy over there is poor because he's a sinner. This guy over here is rich because yes. he's righteous. Yes. Right? It, it was a religious.
1: It's as, cl- as clear as it can possibly be. Exactly.
0: Right? It was a religious belief, beliefism that they had. And guess what? They were absolutely wrong.
1: <laughs> yes. Right. And I love this last verse. This last verse is so, man, we need to take this to heart. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace Mm. by those who make peace. I've heard so many Christians say, well, I can't agree to disagree. That's not the Christian thing to do because we have to stand by the truth. There's a truth and we must find it and we must stick to it, et cetera, et cetera. it's like sometimes you do have to agree to disagree. It depends on what the issue is, obviously. But... In most cases, that issue is not a salvific issue. Right. And sometimes agreeing to disagree is exactly what James is saying here. Yeah. He's saying a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Peace isn't something that comes naturally, Uh -uh. by the way. Peace is something that must be made, and it takes a bigger man to stand up and say, I am wrong, or I will accept your point of view in this case. Or I won't
0: pull the trigger.
1: (laughs) Or I will not draw a line of fellowship over this issue. It takes more strength of will to do that yeah, than it does to stand hard on something that's going to cause problems instead of sowing peace.
0: You know, it makes a lot of sense now that I'm sitting back and thinking about this that James wrote this book. Because James is the ultimate guy who had egg all over his face. Definitely. When you think about that, Mm -hmm. he grew up not a follower of his brother. He wasn't a follower of Jesus during Jesus' life. Right. He chose to surrender his will at the end, you know what I mean? And so he had to learn this the hard way, this whole idea of,
1: yeah, humility. Jesus Himself said that a prophet's not welcome in his own country.
0: Exactly, and
1: this is exactly what He was talking about. Yes. He was talking about how His family is not going to accept right. the the people that knew Him growing up, that knew baby Jesus, that knew ten year old Jesus, are going to go. That's the savior of the world. I saw that kid kicking you know the ball around in the field. <laughs> you know, I, it's like. It's hard for he people. He his pants. Yeah. It's hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for people to get their head around that and coming from someone who has butted heads with his family. Right. I, I know that's completely true. There are things that my family won't even give me the time of day about mm. because of this same issue. Because it's like, no, I changed your diapers. I, whatever. I mean, how can you... Know this stuff Or how can you You know It's like Right Forget that I'm a middle aged man At this point <laughs> So yeah. um So yeah It's It's something that That we have to To listen to James Because he is talking From experience here Sure I believe And yeah. you're definitely right He's dealing with someone Who has egg on his face He's had to come back And say I was wrong I was wrong Yeah My brother is something special Yeah, and I should have listened all along.
0: Amen. So (laughs) that's good. All right, you got some news for us, man. Hopefully, if my phone lasts out. And now the news. We'll see. I didn't get to bring my uh, computer. All right. Uh, let's see. (laughs) And you can tell because I'm trying to pull it up now. No, 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 no. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That sounds so gross. Um. Ever sure. wonder what the most and least charitable states in the United States are? Texas. <laughs> all right, so here we go. I'm going <laughs> to let you know. According to a new Gallup poll, Utah comes in at number one as the most charitable state in the country. I wonder why.
1: Oh, yeah, all those Mormons.
0: Those Mormons and giving all them money. Followed by Maryland, Wyoming, and Wisconsin. What? Hawaii came in dead last. <laughs> Followed by Rhode Island, Nevada, New York, Louisiana, and Arizona as the least charitable. Yeah, all
1: these uh, these Midwestern states. Right, it's kind of weird. That is kind of strange.
0: So you know, how charitable are you? It's a good question we can Mm -hmm. ask. It's kind of punchy. Okay, Day of
1: Giving. Actually, that's right. This is uh, Monday. I don't
0: know what you're talking about. Today's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, Tuesday, sorry. Okay, anyway, uh Egypt
1: <laughs> it is but it is a day of giving. That's, That's right. I don't know what that means, but So over the week on
0: Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Over the weekend gunmen walked into a uh Sufi mosque, Sufi. I think it's uh, whatever. A mosque in Egypt and murdered 305 worshipers including 27 children and injured at least 28 more. So whenever we think of, yeah, whenever we think of them doing it to Christians, we also need to realize that they're doing it to Muslims too. Authorities believe it's the work of ISIS, which has reportedly previously demanded the elders of the village that the community no longer assist the country's security forces and stop religious practices And hardline ISIS leaders deemed to be heretical, according to CNN. The local Sufi Muslims gathered at the mosques. SUVs carrying more than two dozen terrorists wearing uniforms and masks arrived, surrounded the building, then opened fire. (laughs) It's terrible,
1: man. Something
0: else. It's absolutely horrible. So we need to be praying for for relief there. Um. All right, Bill Gates invests eighty million dollars to build a futuristic city in Arizona.
1: Futuristic, huh?
0: Eighty million to build a futuristic city. Former Microsoft CEO Bill Gates is investigating a ton of money, around 80 million to be exact exact, investing, not investigating, in building a smart city just outside Phoenix. The investment is being made through a group controlled by Gates Cascade Investment Company. The company in Belmont will be designed around high speed networks Autonomous vehicles, high-speed digital network data centers, new manufacturing technologies, and autonomous logistic hubs, according to a report from CNN. So it's basically a smart city. Cool. Would you like to live in a smart city? Yes. I think that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and move.
1: Yeah. Where is this going to be?
0: Outside of Arizona. Naturally. Yeah, because of all the sun, right? Yeah. You have solar power panels. Yeah, and wind. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay.
1: There's just something space age about the about the desert out there. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Roswell.
0: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> ever, All right. You ever been to Roswell? <laughs> no. I've never been to Roswell. I've been to Area fifty one. Yeah, I've been right outside Area 51 because I had to drive well, up. If and down. Say,
1: did you get arrested?
0: No. Oh, okay. No. So- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Christianity Today it's like came- free
1: the aliens, free the aliens. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Christianity Today came out with a uh, mm-hmm. an article about the top ten uh, quotes falsely attributed to C.S. Lewis. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, it's pretty wow. awesome. Okay. All right. One. Uh, is getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. Let go and move forward. It's a motivational speech, and I can't remember. Oh, it's from Chicken Soup for the Soul. For the Soul. (laughs) Not C.S. Lewis. (laughs) All right. I've never (laughs) even
1: heard that.
0: (laughs) Me neither. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching.
1: Okay, I've heard that statement. I didn't
0: know it was attributed to C.S. Lewis. I guess Vicky Malazzo said that in Shattering the Glass Slipper. Uh, Experience the most brutal of teachers. Experience that most brutal of teachers, but you learn, my God, do you learn. Okay, let me say it again. Experience that most brutal of teachers, but you learn, my God, do you learn. Oh, okay, wow. That's not... That was by Tim Allen. Really? Yeah, he, oh, no, wait, wait, no, okay. Uh-huh. Tim Allen actually attributed it to C.S. Lewis on Last Man Standing, but it was not C.S. Lewis. All right, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. That almost sounds like a, till we have faith. No, no, uh, what's the name of that? Our- till We Have Faces? No, it's a Great Divorce. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Um, let's see, Mary Willis Shelburne said that one. <clears throat> children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. That's John Trainer, I guess. <laughs> All right. Be sure that the patient remains completely fixated on politics, arguments, political gossip, and obsessing on the faults of people they have never met. Uh, serves.
1: Well, that doesn't sound very familiar. That sounds but it like, like it sounds s- like Screw Tape. Screw tape
0: yep, mm-hmm. Lewis's Screw Tape letters uh, begins with the words "My dear Wormwood." However, you will not find this material in the, the Screw Tape letters. It seems some well-meaning person was a fan of the book and tried to write something in honor of Su- uh, Lewis and did not want to take credit. So I've ah. seen that one actually used around right. the internet.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: You are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. That's definitely not. Him. <laughs> that doesn't sound like him at all.
1: You deserve the less, best. Brown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Humility is not thinking less of yourself; it is thinking of yourself less. People mostly attribute this to mere Christianity. He did not address the topic of humility within the title. Uh, The exact words are actually found in Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) What a comparison. Right. You do not have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. Okay, I've heard that one. That's actually George MacDonald, which was one of C.S. Lewis's heroes. Right. Uh, He wrote that in Annals of a Quiet Neighborhood. 1867. I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not because I can see it, but by it I can see everything else. This is the most misquoted line from C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. There are certainly great words, but they aren't quite what Lewis actually wrote. They're close enough, not including punctuation. (laughs) There are eight differences between this and Lewis's original. The correct version comes from an essay entitled... It is theology, poetry, found in the weight of glory. The actual statement is this. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else.
1: Close enough. (sighs) Some subtle differences.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, so there you go, the most misquoted. That's an interesting countdown. C.S. Lewis, it very much is. Um, okay, good news, abortion rate has decreased. Every year I feel like I'm saying that, by the way. Yeah. But we have record lows again this year. Um, interesting. Yeah. It's dropped over the last 2,000 years through 2014. Um. But you ready for this? Yes. Six thousand five hundred and uh six hundred sorry, six hundred fifty two thousand six hundred and thirty nine abortions were reported in two thousand fourteen. Two thousand five that number was eight hundred and twenty thousand. So yay, we killed two hundred thousand less babies. Yeah. But we still killed over six hundred thousand babies this year. It's sad that that's progress. Yeah, that's that's <clears> progress. Throat> <clears> throat> uh, it breaks my heart. Anyways, all right. Let's see. <laughs> There's also a new list. Newsmax has released their list of 100 most influential Christians, and Billy and Franklin and Graham, along with Joel Osteen, are
1: the top. <laughs> Do we have a study on the Book of James for you? <laughs> So Billy and Franklin are number
0: one and two. Then yeah. Joe Osteen is number three. Mike Huckabee, number four. Hmm. You know him. Yes. Uh, it's, it also includes Rick Warren, Jerry Falwell, <laughs> Mike Pence. Uh, Sarah Palin is on that list.
1: Seems like there's some politics involved in this. So
0: you can see that list, uh, yeah. If you go on to ChristianityToday.com, but yeah. I'm not going to even read it off. But that's you know wow. it's kind of crazy. So like I said, there are celebrity Christians in the world. Oh, it's nuts. All right, that's all I got for you today, man.
1: Really? Yep. That's it, huh? That's it. All right, man. Well, I guess it's uh, time to exit stage left. I don't know. Oh, here's my script. You have your script. Yes. All right. Let's do this thing. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Stay up to date with all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and the Secret Fire podcast.
0: Visit our website at Theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, such a radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience.
1: There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to, G- to, uh, to Theonauts at GCTNetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line. 972-885-7270
0: Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts
1: If you like us and want more more Theonauts Drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts Your patronage helps us in our expenses Like hosting fees and equipment costs
0: Don't forget to tune in again And explore the vast reaches of God's word with us
1: All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. All right, God bless. Whoa, what happened to my thing? I don't know. It just cut out. It worked out so well that time, too. Yeah. This has been the Knots Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972 885 7270. That's 972 885 7270. We'd love to hear from you.
0: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission transmission at gctnetwork.com. I'm here to tell you that each and every time you spoon into a bowl of lucky charms, you might as well be partaking of Lucifer's sacrament.